Hi there, and welcome along to another serve of leadership. My name is Ian Crawford, professional speaker, coach, and trainer, specialising in leadership and influence. Joining me again this week is Ash Dash Luti, leadership coach and consultant. Welcome back, Ash. Carl, so how are you, my friend? Are you well? Yes, yes, I am. What's your week been like? It's been good. Yeah, we've got spring has sprung. Mm. And we've got some decent weather here in WA. How about yourself? Mate, yes, very. You've been enjoying some of the sunny weather, which has been great. Nice to be out and about and, uh, and enjoying that. And if you think it also does, uh, you know, put uh, our thoughts out to those uh, in other parts of the country who are actually still in lockdown. Yeah. Which uh, I got to say, a lot, of, a lot of admiration for those who have the ability to do that. I would, have, I would struggle, I must admit. Yeah, absolutely. Not allowed out of your house for more than an hour. No more than five k's away. Yeah, I'm going a bit crazy. All right, Mate, what's our, what's our topic this week? Then I think it is your choice this week. Yeah, finally, okay. finally, it's mine again. Be a good one. Oh, okay. You didn't say that as a criteria. <laughs> um, so I think one one of the things that we bump into a lot in the world that we work in is people um, complaining about meetings, and they complain about them for two reasons. One, there's too many of them, and when they mm. do do them they're done really poorly and they go too long so we thought we'd come along and give a few tips on how to run meetings better so they're more effective efficient and actually worthwhile what do you think in for that man i like it how to run effective meetings okay yeah Um, i think you should start though oh look at that it's your topic and then you've just delegated straight away okay uh mate so having a bit of leadership skills delegation oh look at you so what is it called Walking the talk, that's what you're doing. Yeah, Um, yeah, look, for me, uh, I guess I kind of looked at this a bit more of a broader aspect because often when people talk about meetings, they go quite micro with it, whereas I think there's some real opportunities looking at it from a broader perspective. So number one, my tip number one is review your meeting culture. And what I mean by that is... Um, really start to challenge your teams and and the organisation that you're in around, you know, really being clear around why are we having meetings and, in fact, give your people the opportunity and the power to be able to challenge whether we either should be having a meeting, whether it can be achieved through another form of communication, um, even through the idea around um, even whether they need to be at the meetings at all in themselves. So actually having a bit of a, uh, a culture of really being clear around, Hey, we need to have this meeting because it's going to add this amount of value. Right? So we need to get all these smart people in a room, have that conversation rather than actually we're just having meetings for the sake of having meetings or for a routine of having meetings. Mm. So I think that's the big one for me is actually, getting people thinking about the fact of why we're having meetings and that process rather than just doing meetings. It's interesting you should say that. I remember being on one of the mind sites that I, I did some work at and I was invited along. I was doing some shadowing of one of the leaders and mm. went to this thing. In the real world, they call that stalking. <laughs> I need to get caught. <laughs> uh, um, he, he went to this shut meeting. Now, for those who don't know, a shut meeting is basically where they're going to either shut down part of the mining process or shut down the whole site. This right. to do repairs and maintenance and things like that. And they, this one was huge, huge. So shutting down the whole site, which is you know, 
when it's millions of dollars an hour profit, that's a big thing to happen. And I rock mm. into this room and there's 150 people at the very least standing there. And I thought, well, that's very interesting. That's a lot of really smart people, uh, very high powered people. And then I started converting that to figures. That's a very expensive meeting. And then what happened mm. to the planner, the person responsible for the shut, the person who says we're well, going to do this then and, and sets out the steps, comes in, sits down and then reads from a to-do list, basically, that at nine mm. o'clock we will do this, at 9.15 we'll do that. And I'm standing in this room, my eyes glazing over and thinking 150 people making a lot of money per hour all in that room. So first of all, financially, diabolical. And simply no discussions, no anything else. This person just read from top to bottom uh, this to-do list. And there's not one chance that anyone got anything out of that meeting, except that's how we always do it. And so they mm-hmm. were able to tick the, tick the box. So I think that really highlights what you were saying that someone needs to stand up and go, hang on a second. Why are we doing this? And I'm, I must admit, I did mention that to the supervisor that I was looking at, but. Um, well, and I think the question for me is, is more so, you know, um, a lot of our, a lot of our clients, a lot of leaders that we work with are really good at trying to drive this concept of continuous improvement. Yep. But sometimes we forget to sort of run that lens over some of the people side of things, you know, mm. meetings is one of those really good examples of, so for me, the mindset or the question around that is, is this the best way we could be doing this? Right? So yes, it's, do we need to be having this meeting? So could it be the opportunity for us to just, you know, provide a bit a, a summary update? Could it be that we actually could look to provide some summary information and then converse around what are the issues and challenges and things like that? Uh, or, do we need to be having this meeting at all? Yeah. I've got something else that's blown me away. And this has happened in multiple places recently. We've had this conversation, different industries. Is there, check this out. I don't know if this has happened in your world yet, but people are having meetings to prepare for meetings. Mm. That doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> so, and then they, the best part is they're now getting in the habit of doing that rather than just going, you know what, this is a really important meeting with the CEO. We need to put some prep in and do it once off. They're actually now got into the habit of regularly doing this for um, meetings they've got on a Friday afternoon or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, see, that's interesting because that flows into my next thought around really effective okay. meetings is, is something that I call rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look at any of the research around effective meetings they have very very clear rules now what do i mean by that number one really tightly defined purposes right we know exactly why we are having this meeting and more importantly what we need to get out of it right so it's not just a sitting down and having a talk fest Um, it's actually being really clear around the purpose and that actually helps to shape the mindset of people going into the meeting you were, hopefully it also helps the preparation side of things, but that's not always true. But the idea is that it actually drives the mindset around it. Is that actually, I know what, that actually this is a check-in meeting and I'm just reporting on how I'm going or that this is actually more of a brainstorming idea generation meeting, which means I need to, I need to come with different thinking mm. to the table and I need to be prepared differently. Um, the second piece out of rules of engagement for me is around actually setting very specific rules of interaction let's say you know so we we often assume that the way we just go about things in a normal um conversational piece is exactly how we should translate into a meeting 
But meetings tend to be much more effective if we've actually, as a group, come to an agreed and shared understanding of how we will interact in uh, that particular meeting or that situation. So for argument's sake, sometimes, you know, what I've seen really good leaders do is they will, they will say to themselves, look, we need to have interaction from everyone today. Yeah. Right? And so at the front, they will say to everyone, hey, just letting you know, I'm going to call upon each of you to contribute to these ideas. Right? So everyone knows ahead of time that we are all going to play a part rather than just hoping that everyone contributes to that. Um, so I think those two maybe subsets of rules of engagement become really, really critical pieces to actually ensure that it becomes effective. What else like can that. you think about that? Well, not much to add. I've got a really specific example of uh, a really great leader doing that. And again, senior leader. So they probably have the audacity and the, and the right to do this uh, is that they walked into a meeting and they sat down. And as we came to the start time, the leader said, look, and turned to the person who was in charge of the meeting and turned to them and said, before we start, what's the purpose of this meeting? And because the person couldn't answer, the CEO, uh, or no, wasn't CEO, GM, said, uh, well, when you know, let me know, and got up and walked out. <laughs> and no, no, he had the level of trust in the room to know that he wasn't just being a pain in the backside. He was, hmm. you know, that's the sort of thing he did. He, he walked the talk. And he said, I'm not, I cannot sit in that meeting and role model poor behaviour that we're sitting in this meeting simply because we've had this meeting the last 10 years. And you know, there's, I've got a role model that we use our time efficiently and efficiently within the business. So <laughs> very powerful thing. And trust me, that message got around to every meeting and they were ready to answer that question mm. uh, at, at a drop of a notice, drop of a hat um, when the leader came in and asked that question. So I think that was a really powerful thing that sort of adds as to yours. Any other oh, ideas it, around and- rules of engagement? Okay, sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say what I love about that is it actually, it, it subliminally drives that shared purpose within a meeting, right? Mm. Is that we are really clear around what this meeting means to us. Mm. And then it means that we can actually just squeeze the most out of it. So hats off to them around that. Well, I read some research in Harvard Business Review recently where in America, I didn't have the Australian figures, but in America, meetings cost the economy $1.65 billion a year. Right. So how they that, measure that? Yeah, that's interesting. It's saying I'm going. Why don't they measure that? I have to go back and have a look. But yeah, and just I would suggest just people sitting in meetings. How much that costs, and so whether yeah. it's effective or not is pretty important because that's a big chunk of money. Well, that's what I've been intrigued about is what they determine to be effective or not. Well, it's coming up to close to your wages. So, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what fifteen ninety five? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> An hour. <laughs> Mate, so look, I've, I've thrown a couple of ideas out there. I think it's time that we hear some, uh, some of your wisdom, mate. Impart upon us your wisdom. Just sort of wave the touch of wisdom <laughs> towards us. This is the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm the guy that you mentioned earlier about going into the micro part of making, of uh, uh, making meetings effective. And my first one and a big one, obvious, but people don't do it, is setting agenda. And... Mm. <laughs> 
because like you said earlier that we can just get into talk fests and without sort of some sort of structure, people just wander all over the place and have conversations that are important to them, not necessarily what's important to the business. Now, not all agendas are created equal and I think they should change uh, based on priorities. So the highest priority, highest impact type activities discussions should occur at the beginning of the meetings mm. and get lesser as we go onwards with the confidence that if we don't get through the whole agenda because it's lower priority at, towards the end that we can put it off to the next meeting possibly and uh, the way that I also suggest people who haven't used agendas before or don't use agendas well is instead of just going uh, a topic like safety you know put a question underneath that to drive people's thinking what needs to happen to increase safety behaviors what where are we in regards to safety figures compared to last year or whatever it is to really drive and focus people's thinking rather than going, Hey, let's talk about safety. And people just make stuff up then as, as they go along. So I think mm. genders are really important. Um, when I was in a leadership position, I set the expectation to my team uh, that if I was invited to a meeting and there was no agenda, I wouldn't turn up. Simple as that. And mm. I set the like expectation it. clearly to everyone. So it wasn't a surprise. Uh, but I, when I wasn't a, a going to these meetings, people would ring up and go, hey, we need you at this meeting. Why aren't you at the meeting? I said, well, one of the expectations I set very early on is if there's no agenda, I'm not turning up. Mm. Hey, I'm happy to come if there's an agenda, but there's no clarity around discussion. So, and once again, once as the leader starts putting those things in place, set the expectations, hold people accountable for it, it changes pretty quickly. And it did, which is a shame because I got out of a lot of meetings, which is pretty cool to start off with. So yeah. uh, they, were, they were on to you, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. They realised, hang on, he's not turning up to meetings. That's good. Better send some agendas. Or um, if really smart, we don't want him at the meeting so he won't send an agenda. That could be another thing I hadn't thought of until then. That's it. Mm. That's a one tip for me. Um, well, and if I can just extend on your idea please. about agendas, one of the little warnings that I would give people about agendas is to be clear, to actually take some time to think about what you want out of the day because that helps you to craft your agenda. And too often I see with meetings, you know, I like your idea of front-ending the agenda mm -hmm. and actually having the highest value task up front. But say in a lot of slightly longer meetings, two-hour meetings, half-day meetings, full-day meetings, one of the things that I notice a lot of is people jam a whole pile of stuff onto agendas yeah. and we decide that we want to do 15 different things in a day. You know, we're going to do some strategic thinking and strategic planning. We're going to do some team stuff. We're going to look at our budget. We're going to do all these things. And we sometimes forget that actually all of these things require some good quality, deep conversation, which is why you're having the meeting in the first place. Mm. And uh, if you are just firing through the agenda because we want to feel like that we've ticked off all these things and yes, we've now talked about them all then a lot of that um, power and effectiveness of the meeting gets wiped away. So agendas are brilliant, but really take the time to make sure that your agenda yeah. maps back to your overall purpose yeah, good one. Uh, and why you're having the meeting. And also the agenda stops Pete based on what you're saying then, because it does, agendas can get really long. Um, and no way you're going to fulfill it in an hour, an hour and a half or whatever time you've set for the, the meeting. But as you would have seen this as well, is sometimes people put stuff on the agenda just to be heard so they can yeah. say stuff and go, hey, check me out, this is what I've done, rather than going back to that purpose 
and having mm. that conversation about what's best for the business in regards to the purpose that we're trying to fulfill. So absolutely. I just thought of one more tip as well. Can I go again? Go on. Go on. <laughs> I mean, you know, thanks. They're really spitballing now. So just fill your boots. Well, see, I edited, I edit the video so I can stick me in anywhere I want. So. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed actually in the last couple, I haven't shown up on any of them. I thought that <laughs> yeah. was strange. I thought I'm sure I did some talking. Yeah. Well, I actually put a sock puppet in and just put, put your voice over, <laughs> the, over the top. Because you found <laughs> I, it more effective, didn't you? That's yeah, what it was. I'm like, you know what? The, the likes have gone up <laughs> since I've done that. So maybe I need to do both of us. <laughs> Take us out of the equation. All right. Give the next me, one. Give me your second tip. Is the next one is uh, start on time, finish on time. Mm. Once again, from an efficiency point of view, if we say we're going to start a meeting at nine o'clock, that is when we start. Not two past nine, five past nine, because if we allow that to occur, the first time it's going to be two minutes past nine. A week, a month down the track, it's going to now be five, and on and on, and we're just going to keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and. It's just unprofessional and it's costly. It's a waste of time. If you're a leader and you are sitting there allowing that to occur, you're sending some very subliminal messages like you mentioned before about mm. how we should use our time in the business. So if, if we allow people to do that in our meeting while we're there as leaders, we've sent the message that we could do that when I'm not, e.g. the leader is in the room. And that's not what we want to do. The only caveat that I would have is if you had a, a senior leader required to be in the meeting to make those decisions, you might hold off. Because what we tend to find with those senior meters is that they start meetings at eight o'clock in the morning and that first meeting runs over time by two minutes. So they rush to the next meeting. That, because they started late, that now next meeting um, finishes late by 10 minutes. And mm. by the time they get to the end of the day, there's a good chance some of those senior leaders actually miss meetings completely because of those timeframes. So I would maybe adjust the agenda so you can have, start on time, talk about something um, and leave the agenda item that requires that senior leader who you know is not just being lazy and not turning up on time, but is in another meeting and leave that until they enter into the room. And uh, we can take that from two points of view. One, you, know, you need to demonstrate that. So as a leader, if it's your meeting that you own and you're running, uh, this is what I did as well. That, the same example I, I did previously was I set, I set the expectation that if I'm running the meeting, it starts on time. And if you're not there, I'm locking the door. Mm. And I did. And it, man, I wish I had video footage. Seeing people legging it down the corridor at 10 seconds before the uh, close off time is hilarious. And I just locked the door and they'd come to the door and they'd rattle it. I'd walk over and unlock it and go, I'll talk to you later. And I'd lock it again. And oh, you know, what a harsh man. You are well, harsh man. Yeah. Cause as you know, with your days as running your own business or in the leadership positions that you've held before, if, if you don't really jump on that sort of stuff, your days get away with you. And then suddenly you're there at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, just trying to catch up simply because meetings went late. Um, mm. And Remembering I set that expectation first. It wasn't a surprise. Now, before everyone that's listening to think thinks I'm an absolute me, is well, this. You are. <laughs> uh, if, if you, for example, you were late to the meeting and you rang me or sent me a text and said, Hey boss, sorry, I'm late because I'm dealing with a customer or I am sorting this safety issue or whatever it was. I'm okay with that. 
The thing that I was trying to reduce is those people who sat 20 feet away from the meeting room who simply just couldn't manage their time. Mm. So it wasn't like a, a brick wall rule that there's no ways around it or over it. If there's real, real reasons, e.g. we've made a decision that what I need to deal with now is a higher priority than this meeting, fine. That's okay. The other thing that I said to the um, people in my teams is that if it doesn't start on time, um, I would leave. So I used to get the meetings on time, uh, have a chat to people, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, if it was supposed to start at nine o'clock and we started at two minutes past nine. At one minute past nine, two minutes past nine, I'd get up and walk out. Mm. So and it's interesting. Again, I'm, trying, I'm trying to breed that into my kids at the moment. I'm explaining to them that uh, five minutes early is on time. Yeah. How's that on going? time is late. Sorry? How's that going for you? Great. Actually, well, one of, one of them good, the other one still trying to, uh, you know, gets distracted quite easily by, you know, books and toys and that and sort of thing. shiny things, yeah. Yep, yeah, like his dad. Like his dad. Toy. One of those cars on the floor, your lounge room floor. Uh, matchbox mate, toys, that's it. Mate, let me put a bit of an extension to some of those tips that you've got there. Because mm -hmm. uh, my final one, again, looking from slightly broader perspective, is what I call the power of systems. And so... We all live busy lives. We all have got, um, even though I don't like the word busy anymore, but we all have busy <laughs> lives. There's a lot on our plates. We're all trying to achieve really impressive and great things. And so one of the things that you can do is use the power of systems. And systems really should um, allow, well, systems should run your business so that you can run the systems, right? And I like that kind of thinking behind it in that systems should make things a bit easier, more efficient uh, and the like. And then the people should be able to manage those systems to get the value out of it. So what do I mean by the power of systems? Again, your idea around agenda is fantastic, right? That idea of being able to have an agenda template, which also in a lot of cases should have an actions list or actions items section at the bottom, which then allows a bit of a replication and a rolling process, you know, to take place. Um, whether it's around, um, you know, uh, embedding, uh, even embedding instead of longer weekly meetings, you might actually break that weekly meeting up into just daily quick catch-ups, you know, and you might have five five-minute catch-ups because they're really just check-ins, you know, does anyone need any help, stuff like that. might mm -hmm. save you an hour at the end of the week and you're only going to do 25 minutes, you know, in that piece. Rotating through and looking at where you can create a system or a process, mm -hmm. um, agendas, items, uh, you know, breaking meetings up, frequency of meetings, uh, looking at any of those tools, whether they're digital, whether they're paper-based, doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Look at where you can embed a system or a process in there to make that um, more efficient and less thought that needs to go into it. So you can actually, again, free up your brain space for the the, the purpose of the meeting, which is the conversation, the check-in, the looking yeah. out to see how the team is, are they switched on, is someone not looking in their best state, whatever it is. You're not worried about all of the back-end stuff. That takes care of itself. You're focused on the people stuff when you're in the meetings. Nice. I like that. That's my final one. That's my final one? I, 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 there's one? No, that's my final one. <laughs> well, I've got one now. Oh, good. Um, Talk to me. I think you, you mentioned that, but I really want to underline it is that if you have a meeting 
and you get to the end of the meeting and there's no actual actions in place to move you forward, then you really got to question whether that meeting should have occurred in the first place. Now that's not necessarily true all the time, but the large majority, because there's going to be times where I just need to catch up with my team and bring them up to speed. But if we have those day to day, week to week, monthly meetings, and we get to the end where people walk out and go, what was that all about? Yeah. Oh, same, same again. And we haven't yeah. got clarity of actions and accountabilities and timeframes to those actions. You really got to ask yourself, why did we have that meeting? And if you can't answer that question, don't have the meeting or extend the meeting. So you only have it once every two weeks rather than every week. Mm -hmm. uh, be okay with canceling meetings if there is nothing to talk about and not just have them because it's a habitual thing to do. Uh, mm -hmm. You're in control of the meetings, not the other way around. And that, my friend, is my final tip. Well, I think we've added enough, enough food for thought there for people to be able to hopefully just, you know, dig out one of those little ideas and tips and see if they can go and um, embed that into their world. I think if they choose one of those things and embed them into the, the meeting process, it's going to be worthwhile listening to this video. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, you'll, get, you'll get some nice return on investment. So you got anything else? Mate, I'm done. I'm done. Although the only thing that stood out for me is as you were talking about your team there, I thought, great, they can go back and refer to one of the previous videos. I think it was last week's around, you know, effective use of their time. Absolutely. You can nice. send a little, you can send a little link to them all and just say, Hey, this could be for you. Nice Not really done. pointing anything out, but just, this is for you. Nice marketing there, my friend. Nice marketing. I love it. All right. Uh, Ash and I will be back next week to discuss another topic of all things leadership. If you missed out on any previous weeks, click on the link below. It will take you to our YouTube channel where you can catch up on all the latest and greatest episodes. If you have a topic or something you'd like us to discuss, please click on the links below. Send us what you'd like us to talk about and we'd be very happy to respond to that. So once again, thank you, mate. Really appreciate your time. And thank you. Look forward to our conversation next week. And thank you for joining us and we will see you next week.